Hey, gals, guys, and otherwise, this is Jonathan O. Roselion. And I'm Noah, also known as Polyphonic, and you're listening to Horns and Wings, the podcast where we talk about Saga, one issue at a time. And and I forget how to do this, because it's been so long since we recorded. Well, here here's a hint. We're talking about issue 23, and uh, I have a very, very sad announcement to make here. I'm, I'm sincerely sorry to the listeners, but we are back from hiatus. Let's dive in. Theme music. Theme music. <laughs> we pause for theme music. Uh, so, it's just the two of us. Is it on this episode? Uh, it's just it's just me and and someone whose last name is uh, Rose Lion. That is yep. correct. Yep, and no one else, and no one else can talk because we specifically said that they can't talk until we introduce them. So it's just the two we've of got us. a guest this week. You know that already if you've seen the title. <laughs> They've, oh, you'll, that's true. you'll have it on the title. They'll know that th- this isn't a big surprise. Hi, Haley. <laughs> it's a ghost guest. Whoa, there was a big surprise. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, no, I'm a human. Well, I guess ghosts are human. Hold on, right? yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an alive Yeah, I- Isabel human. would take big issue to that. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. She, that's... Hey, what's Isabel's race? Hey, actually, what's anyone's race? There's just like no names for races in this comic. Um, like except for like Landfallian and and Mooney and yeah, but and no, robots. No, but that's and... like a that's like a like a you if you we have like Wookies and stuff. Wookies are from Kashyyyk. Like there's species uh, in Star Wars and stuff. But there's like it's like you, you name the place they're from. Can you be like what if you're a horned person who's born not on Landfall? What are you then, Noah? This is why we went on hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Haley, you're here. Hi, I'm here. What's up? So, who are you? What do you do? Who am I? Wow, that's a big question. My name is Haley Rose Lyon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some of you may be wondering why I have the same last name as John. Mm-hmm. It's, a me. <laughs> it's a total coincidence. It's a total coincidence. <laughs> she snoked me. But this episode, we do get to discover who is the superior Rose Lion. That's true. We, we already know. I'm pretty sure it's unanimously known that it's Haley. Oh, stop it! <laughs> so Haley, you've 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 helped out with this podcast behind the scenes a lot, especially when we were doing the the animated stuff for the YouTube. Yes. Did you you edited some right? Yes, I think two or three. Poor you. This is this is really fun because. Uh, neither one of us we're sitting two feet away from each other but we can't look at each other because we're talking into (laughs) mics so it is just the oddest thing and it's it's really helping our relationship hey we're married by the way i guess we should stop bullshitting about all the other stuff and admit that uh but yeah we're a married couple and she's she's rad and she's a saga fan how long have you been a saga fan for oh i think i started reading um in my like first year of university okay so, so probably about six or seven years ago brag i think maybe maybe a little later than that i don't, I don't even know what the, the like when that would have been in the series at this point like third yeah. fourth i i have i have no conception of what time is in saga <laughs> i think that's fourth or fifth arc at that point 
Uh, it started in 2012. Do you remember what was out when you started reading? Nope. <laughs> yeah, no. But I do remember it was is one of the first uh, comic series that I started actually following, mm-hmm. like in real time. I I was kind of I I started reading comics pretty early on in my life, but I, I wouldn't classify my, myself as a comics fan until about about university. What were you? Oh well, I was gonna say what what were your favorite comics before then? But there's a relevant one of a comic you read before that from a certain author. I'm talking about Runaways. She's looking at me oh, so confused. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah Runaways was... That was a was... real smooth segue, John. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to... I, 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 I tossed the ball underarm on that one, and yeah. it just smacked the dirt. <laughs> um, yeah, Runaways um, by yeah a certain author named Brian K. Vaughn um, was one of my... One of my first uh, uh, comic series that I absolutely loved. Um, I found the like, I don't. I'm. What do you call them when it's like uh, they're like the manga like, like size the reader's books. digest size. Yeah, of yeah, those. kind of. Um, yeah, I, and those were in my my middle school library, so I discovered oh, those. Nice. I would sit there for hours just consuming it all, and she's really, really she's great. who got me into Runaways. Mm-hmm. Runaways is actually one of the one of the first comics that I started reading too. Around when I was in middle school, my sister, who worked at Adobe Comic Shop, uh, gave it to me. Nice. nice. Yeah, and and you also do uh, comic lettering, right? Oh yeah, I do. I do. Um, I do comic lettering, uh, and I also do a little bit of comic editing too, because my background is in editing, um, like kind of journalistically. I went to school for journalism. Um, editing was Me my too. stream. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh yeah, because you were you started out with uh music. You wanted to, you were, your aim was music journalism, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I interned at a radio station Besties. for a while. Oh, um, which radio station? Indie eighty eight in Toronto. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was great. I love that station. So uh, much. They have the IAS playing on there. <laughs> they they actually do. Uh, yeah, lots. The uh, actually middle eight used to work for Indie eighty eight. Sorry, who, say again. Oh yeah, middle eight. Another another YouTube music video oh, essayist. Oh, very cool. I don't know they're yeah. Toronto based. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Connections. All right. Well, we're friends now, so we can do a podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Haley, if you spot any any uh, lettering insights, because I'd say lettering is the thing we've talked about the least in the uh different aspects of this this comic it is fairly straightforward before we go in i'd I'd love to hear a little bit about lettering and like how you kind of got into lettering and what you enjoy about it oh i thought this was a saga podcast but all right okay fuck you john (laughs) (laughs) go for it yeah let me talk about myself a little bit i actually i mean i would not have got in gotten into comic lettering if it weren't for John over here so you know I have him to thank because uh when we were putting together Suffragettes the uh one shot comic that was released uh via Patreon Mm -hmm. last year art by the fantastic Kelly Purdue an aesthetic ripped off by me for my latest video nice (laughs) um (laughs) we invented 1920s when we were getting that together, John was like, yeah, well, so we need to like hire an artist and, you know, some of them do, you know, coloring and lettering also, but, you know, might need to get a letterer on the, like, you know, on the side as well as the artist. 
and I was like, hey, you know, why don't I just give it a shot? And and I did, and I absolutely loved it. She ended up being the bet, like the most <laughs> talented letterer that I've worked with in her first shot. Apologies to anyone else who's lettered anything I've done, but she nailed it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, so, you know, spacing um, and, you know, things like that. I, I just pay a lot of attention to uh, the very meticulous aspects of it. We can't relate to that, <laughs> Noah and I. And then, yeah, what, did you, what, are, what are some other books you've done? Because you are more published than I am. Well, you know. You say that like it's some great feat. <laughs> well, yeah, fuck you, Haley. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, that was, that was a fuck you, John. Oh, okay, all right. I'm, I'm saying I, nope. I, it's not like no, it's I'm not like you on John, this one, Noah. No, we're, it's not we're like John is famously. One, <laughs> it's not like John is famously prolific or hey. anything. Hey. Uh, okay, yes. I've published so many of my own things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know I I did I lettered a webcomic that you also happened to to write mm-hmm. um called Specs as one of my favorite ones too because It's good. One. We kind of experimented with uh different colored uh, word balloons and um it was really fun. And then I kind of put myself out there on online and um got kind of asked by a couple of publishers to do um, a couple projects here and there. And now I'm just kind of uh, doing my own thing, freelancing. I'm working on a couple of, of things, uh, upcoming things that I'm really excited about, just with the indie creators. Creators. Once Upon a Time in France. And what was the other one that you lettered for? It was It was just a, a little kind of excerpt from a story. Just looking for in that title, baby. Rolled and Told. Rolled and Told. There it is. Yeah, go check those out. You nailed those. Isn't Once Upon a Time in France the name of the opening scene of uh, Inglorious Bastards? I think it, uh, well, I think it's Once Upon a Time in Nazi-occupied France, which was the original name of the film. Uh, Yeah, so nice try, Noah, but I'm the smart one. (laughs) All right, well, well... Now that we've gotten to know our guest a little bit, should we should we get into this this comic thing? Uh, yeah, Haley, where were you born? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's let's talk about this cover because this cover is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Here, Haley, do you want to try to describe what we're seeing on this cover? Okay. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry for asking you to be on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to throw me in the deep end. Yeah, wow, talking about the comic. I'm really... Hard, hard hitting. It's like, I, just, I, I thought we were just talking about exclusively me. I mean, that's how you described it. All right, so we're looking at a, um, a, a lime greenish background with some pink mountains in the background. Mm-hmm. In the foreground is Yuma, right? Is that right? Yep, 3102. Yuma, and she is painting on a giant canvas, and the canvas sports her face, mm-hmm. her beautiful, beautiful face. Mm-hmm. And there's a hand of hers that's also coming out of the canvas mm-hmm. and is painting behind the Yuma that's painting on the canvas. It's like this beautiful kind of cycle of creation and, and self-reflection. 
who's the guy that drew that that painted uh yeah the, a the bunch painter of painting himself yeah norman rockwell was was the especially famous and then there was also the one where mickey mouse was painting in the same way but it was a picture of walt disney that he was painting <laughs> I I think this is this is like one of the most straight up out there covers we've seen yet. For sure. Um this is like a nauseatingly Yeah, this is like this is the most neon like like radiated lime it looks, yellow It green. looks like a 90s kids show color yeah, palette. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like it it feels like there should be there should be goo being dropped on someone. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's honestly like it's one like I don't I don't like the color. <laughs> like and it's still it works like it works perfectly. But like I think that's even more impressive that I love this cover and I don't like that color at yeah. all. It's offensive to my eyes. You know, something I just noticed also mm-hmm. is that Fiona Staples signed the on the canvas. Oh yeah. Not the right. the you know, edge of the page. That's really fun. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, it's it's a really neat cover. Also, like at the bottom, all of the paints are kind of like running together and melting mm-hmm. into these psychedelic swirls. Yeah, I love it. That's one of those things, especially like like when uh, we see a character that's like half submerged underwater and stuff, where you take it for granted as the viewer or the reader, but it is so incredibly hard to do as the artist to make that look correct. Yeah, to to blur things in such a way that makes sense and looks accurate, but you're just doing it by hand. So good on her; she's good at that. All right, so who's gonna who's gonna take on this first scene? Uh oh, I don't know how to count with three people. I'll do it. <laughs> All right, because it's two pages. <laughs> so we get our opening splash, and it is Ginny, uh, standing in for those. Boy, it's been a while. I guess we have to like recap a bit. Ginny is the bat lady who's been sort of hitting on Marco, uh, and it's Ginny sort of seductively standing in a, a doorway, uh, looking at us, saying, "Why am I not surprised to see you?" And she's wearing just a t-shirt, and it is it is uh for the band, the Mistook, which is I'm guessing like a sort of misfits that which is a sick band name, and I want this shirt. So we we get the the reverse shot and it's uh, Marco showing up there saying he wasn't sure where else to go uh, because keep in mind we just had the argument between Alana and Marco uh, and he kind of scurried off into the woods so it's nighttime uh, she he explains that they had a fight and he wanted to leave and respect her wishes but didn't know where to go but he also wants to make things right she says bar whatever you guys are scrapping about it'll look much better in the morning uh let me make you a cup of tea and sort of insists on him coming in and we get the voiceover a lot of people who came into my family's life looking like heroes ended up acting more like villains which i do think that kind of that's the end of this little two-page scene i think that kind of pushes into that boundary we were talking about before the sort yeah. of iffy problematic uh, interpretation of her as like a home wrecker yeah like, i don't know if she's she's established herself as like being in a fairly open relationship and marco has not done otherwise yeah and has has sort of is clearly like 
the fact that this is where he came to. Like, yeah, she is so justified in 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 this uh, understanding of the situation. Yeah, I agree. I I love the I love the opening panel. The just there's so many just like really fun fourth wall breaks with the opening splashes and yeah. you'd think that they'd run out of ideas but they're all just <laughs> so fucking fun <laughs> which also i'm just i'm i'm realizing now cuz i keep forgetting we're on gardenia is the planet and how they yep. sort of just subtly uh insert plants into the uh architecture here and sort of the columns oh, holding yeah. up the uh the porch the roof above the porch are just tree trunks and uh the door handle on that opening splash is a is a little organic oh yeah uh, yeah piece of, piece of wood i also just love it's easy to forget um how much of a kind of intense cliffhanger we ended on last issue because yeah christmas fell in between but we end on dango pointing a gun at yuma and her basically implied that she's going to tell them where hazel is so that's like such a such a page turner and it Mm -hmm. feels like a super kind of meta statement especially when you're reading them in the trades to like end on that and then turn the page and have a character be like why am i not surprised to see you here starting this next (laughs) issue right right i feel like this is more scary this is scarier to me seeing her like this and like after a couple seconds realizing what's happening here in this opening splash, like that's scarier to me if Dango was pointing a gun at us. <laughs> because like <laughs> I see where this is going and I'm terrified for it. Haley. Yeah, it's de- it's definitely setting a scene. Yeah, what do you think, Haley? Haley, what are your thoughts on this scene? I mean this this splash is um is something else. I I, I really like it. I, I keep going back to it and um it is there. There is that kind of like, oh no, quality mm-hmm. about it. But there's also, I mean, I like her. I think she's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I, I relate with yeah. her. Um, and that, I mean, that like tattered t-shirt dress that just goes like j- pretty much just covers the just naughty covers bits. <laughs> the naughty bits um, <laughs> is very sexy. And yeah. um, that's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, it definitely it's definitely like a like rom com girlfriend kind of look. Oh mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I'd say another good example of this book uh, sexualizing people, but in non traditional ways, which is cool. All right. Do should I take the next one, or or does Haley want to do a last thought? Summer? Last thought, really oh. quick. I will say the 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 strongest emotional reaction, despite that opening splash that I had to this scene was uh, her just nonchalantly calling him Bar and us going on hiatus and me forgetting that was what he was being referred to. And just, yep. the, I'm at the point where reading that name just gives me just like this this just strike of, of sadness through my heart. I felt the exact same. <laughs> all right, that's all I wanted. Sh- should I take on this next one or do you want a Haley? Go ahead, Noah, go ahead. Okay, so we've got some some signature THN here. Uh, we get the a lot of people who came into my family's life looking like heroes ended up acting more like villains. I wish I could say the opposite was also true, but that was pretty fucking rare. <laughs> and we open on kind of the wreckage of uh, a ship. It's the ship that Dengo has been through, if you recall. It is just like... 
um, crashed and burning. And then we see Prince Robot walking away from the Dragon Skull ship, walking towards the burning. Um, he asks if Dango's in there. He says he just wants to talk, but he's loading up his arm cannon. Mm -hmm. And then he steps inside and sees just pure fucking carnage, beheaded, winged people. Um, but in this carnage, he sees a diaper and unravels the diaper and sees that it's full of poop. And his face becomes um, a setting sun. And he says he's alive. And that's that's our, our little... Sh little scene here a strong contender for a uh, new favorite robot screen i like it i think what's really cool about this scene looking at it in the book is how it kind of functions to transition between two different color palettes where if you look at the scene before like mm -hmm. like this kind of spread there's there's the blues and oranges pulling and then you turn the page and the inside of the uh the inside of the of the ship has some yeah. greens that are similar to Yuma on the next page. That's the kind of mm -hmm. just like cohesiveness, aesthetic cohesiveness that makes it so easy to read. And then yeah. you even see like the pinks and oranges getting pulled from the paint on the next page. Oh yeah, with the, the sunset. sunset. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's really smart. But yeah, I feel like if you just laid out just like blocks of the colors used throughout this, it would be more of like. Uh, uh, like a spectrum instead of like a gradient instead of just yeah. harsh differences. Uh, Haley, you looked like you wanted to say something. Oh no, I was just uh, the um, the sunset mm -hmm. or sunrise as I uh, interpreted it because that probably makes a lot more sense. Yeah, although I just thinking about it now, um, I I don't know if this is intentional or not, but you know they say red sky morning, sailors warning. So if it is a sunrise, oh. it could be some yeah. kind of uh, yeah. ominousness happening there. You never know. Also, he he realizes that his son's still alive, and it's a sun on his screen. Oh, oh my God. I didn't get that pun. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> so many layers. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then we also see what I'm I'm assuming is the body where that head and spine came from. <laughs> Yeah, that that was my assumption. Consistency. It's just a quick little scene where it's interesting as things are kind of progressing towards the uh, end of this arc. Uh, we're getting some kind of quicker scenes. The pace is picking up a little bit. Oh, and then I just realized there's that uh, very similar parallel to last volume where we have Prince Robot showing up on the same planet as uh, Alana and Marco. And we get that uh, very similar uh, color palette. Is he on the same planet? Yeah. Yep. This is that's why the this is that where the sky's the same color and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which is like which was very similar to the scene where he's showing up to the lighthouse in last yeah. volume. So we're we're it's like it's like poetry. It rhymes. George Lucas. <laughs> okay, George Lucas. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm I'm satisfied. All right, yeah, let's let's just chug along. Let's chug cool. along, please. <laughs> Haley, give us the old chug along. So we do two at a time, then two pages. Uh, well, a scene at a time. They just scene happen to be two. Time. So okay, okay. I'm gonna say the next three pages. The next ends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Cut to Dango. Mm-hmm. Chained. 
change. Um, <laughs> close up, his face, his TV face, has a giant question mark on it, and he's saying, they had a baby? You're lying. And at this point, his face has a fancy-looking lion cat yeah. displayed on it. has, like, these little, like, horns coming out with with earrings on them. Ornamental. Yeah, I'm about this fancy lion cat. I'm very about it. He's incredulous about what Yuma has obviously just told him. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's convincing him that what she's saying is the truth. But why is she even telling him this? Because she's trying to save her own life. Mm-hmm. She tells him. And she's not ready to die. Flip to... All right, well, he believes that. <laughs> I love your summary style. It's so calm. <laughs> so slow. Hey. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying my best here, okay? Um and he reali- you know, he's he's like how how is this going to help me? And so she says, I'm just going to do the dialogue here cuz Um, You're angry at your kingdom, right? That's why you grabbed the kid. That's why you want to send his family some kind of message. Um, He says the universe has no idea how many ordinary robots are suffering so that royals like this princeling can prosper. We see a little baby. (laughs) And now Yuma says the universe doesn't doesn't know because it doesn't care. Um, And she believes that even if he got on the air that nobody would even listen or care. And he he says, you're wrong. As soon as they hear about what happened to my own boy. And Yuma says, no, there's no way. If you want people to pay, pay attention to what you're saying, you have to talk about sex. Which is why she told him hey, about, about the, sex, baby. the hazel. Mm-hmm. The hazel. <laughs> is, is, is that her freelancer Coming name? to Fox this fall. <laughs> the hazel. Sex? Hold on, was that your tango? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you went higher with it. All right, that's canon. Sex? Nope, that's I don't canon. know. Nope, I don't know how to do it. already established tango. Sex? Uh-huh, there it is. <laughs> as okay. high as you can go. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> Executive decision on that one, do not. <laughs> All right. Um, at this point, Dango has lowered the gun uh, raised at her a mm-hmm. little bit. Your planet has sacrificed everything for the wings because they promised to keep your, you safe from the horns, right? Yuma says. But what if Wreath and Landfall weren't really enemies? What if behind the scenes they were actually fucking this whole time? <sighs> what if your readers knew the war was a sham? Your le- leaders, not readers. What if oh, your leaders knew, <laughs> knew the war was a sham but kept it a secret just so that they could keep fucking you? Um, Dango has raised the gun again and he says now you're just spinning your wheels even if this hazel child actually actually exists she wouldn't prove any of that lunacy besides I don't need uh, I don't need elaborate conspiracy theories when I have the truth on my side Yuma says the truth is boring but if you let me live I swear I could help you craft a more compelling end than Yuma is shot owie Owie. Dango shoots (laughs) her right in the stomach and she goes down She's lying on the ground. The baby is crying a little bit. And then he's talking to the child. I suppose you're right. No harm in having a look. I just realized we have that dark green pooling blood around her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like how he shoots her. And then he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so Yuma is possibly the latest in Dango's uh, murder spree. Mm-hmm. Chain of murders. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Enough oh. of that. Yeah, I would hate to run a Dango on Jade joke into the ground on this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I, I, one of my favorite things about this scene is how we're getting such a glimpse into Dango's uh, bubble, like idealistic bubble of like, first of all, him saying there's no way a man from Wreath would willingly procreate with one of his oppressors. Uh, so we know that he sort of, uh, he sides with with the horns in this scenario, I guess because the wings are working with the robots. So that adds up. But he's also like, he's so ideological that like he's like there's no way anyone would do this and the second anyone hears about like my son then they're all gonna like be on my side with this and like he is just he is so adamant about how he is so black and white about how the universe works and thinks he hasn't so thoroughly figured out which i guess you have to be to do the things that he's doing Yep. If if you're gonna if you're gonna be that that kind of black and white and radical, you need to really believe that saying, "Hey, children die" will be enough to spur the entire <laughs> galaxy into action. <laughs> Just the yeah, the black and white morality here uh, is is so thoroughly Twitter, <laughs> and so <laughs> just like this, I cannot fathom any other scenario except for my perspective on this. Uh, and also he like through that uh, willingly procreate with one of his oppressors. I think he it also shows that he he doesn't see peace as an option here or ceasefire or anything. It's just murder all the oppressors. It's the yep, scenario and murder and murder anyone that gets in the way of him murdering <laughs> all of the oppressors <laughs> or just murder people who just gave you valuable information but you felt like killing them. <laughs> the. Uh... There's there's some great acting by Yuma here. Yeah, yeah. Which is, it, it reflects a lot of the things we said at the end of the last issue about she's just a normal person trying not to die. Yeah. And it's it's very since she's very sincere in her trying not to die. I I love the panel where she says when if you want to get people's attention you have to talk about sex cuz it almost feels like she like is 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 spinning her re- wheels but has realized like a good argument that might save her life. Yeah. Uh, also, there is something that I noticed Haley does quite a bit in in her lettering that I don't know if I've seen it very much uh, here in this book, and that's the uh, the what do you call that? That's connecting the two balloons here on the third page. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, it would just be a connecting tail, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what I was going to uh, talk about or, yeah. you know, before. It goes and then behind I, his arm. Yeah, it goes behind his arm. So that indicates that they really want us to um, pay attention to this arm, which is yeah. currently raised again. And like from, from the last panel to this one, he has raised the gun uh, again toward Yuma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a very smart and subtle way to draw attention to that is is having it sort of break the our sort of in our idea of what the depth of these balloons in the scene yeah. is uh by him overlapping with the balloon 
which yeah I'm, I'm struggling to think of other or maybe i just noticed especially because we have a letterer on the podcast but i like i'm i'm struggling to think of another time where that that's happened it's it's definitely really interesting because i feel like in my mind like my mind al- always kind of pictures the bubbles like stacked in front of the image right yeah yeah exactly yeah i really like that uh that technique i think it's really unique and um yeah it's it's a great way to use lettering as a storytelling technique as well i think that's that's something to to keep an eye out throughout this issue as we have a letterer here uh because like john said we haven't talked that much about lettering but i think it's i think it's a subtle thing that it's um easy to overlook how big of an impact it can have on the way that you experience a story yeah or even plot out there's there's something that uh i i just realized i had never pointed out even though i have first hand experience with it uh which i will get into after this next scene uh but having to do with the voiceover i have some insight based on past failures from comics (laughs) uh but uh yeah do we want to jump into the next scene also sorry yuma r.i.p (laughs) he did what you had to i will say that um just to just seeing this uh this panel right here is her shooting her in the stomach is a lot less uh decisive uh than some of the other kills he's had Mm -hmm. this is this is true it's it's not as blatantly gory yeah and maybe it's like well i was gonna say I mean, they gave they gave Barr a, a less graphic death and stuff. Like maybe that's just as much of a sign yeah. of respect. But also, then I remember to uh, back to Heist's death, and they don't care about that at all. Actually, <laughs> uh, they like scarring you. I think it's a really good point because I think when you compare to what the gun did in the last issue, where it like yeah fucking nuked Slipjack's face and yeah. blew chunks out of the gargoyle. Yeah. Hey, we got a new scene here. We got a great scene here. We got we got some some full on Hazel for the or not Hazel Isabel. Why do we keep doing that? It's the damn Z. Hazel. Yeah, it's it's pronounced <laughs> Zed. You said Zed wrong. I think, I'm sorry, no, it's Z. Come on, Haley. Come Haley, on. She's been indoctrinated. She's assimilated. No. I love it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, we, we cut to another part of the planet. We are at the outside of the uh, rocket ship tree, and we see Alana still shaken up about the argument that they just had, and Isabel comes out and says that she saw everything, and Alana says, then you know why I kicked Marco out? He fucking assaulted me. And he, she, <laughs> Isabel says, come on, he threw some vegetables. Uh, isn't that a pretty standard review for you these days? <laughs> Which is such a good fucking burn. Uh, and uh, so it's this is a lot of back and forth between Alana, where Alana says, like, my life fucking sucks, and it's hard specifically for me. So she, Alana says that her, her dad used to... Uh, her dad used to beat up her mom, uh, so he has a zero-tolerance policy for that shit. And uh, or she has a zero tolerance policy. And uh, Isabel says, "Yeah, my parents had one of those policies when it came to drugs." In reference to Alana. Woof. <laughs> and uh, uh, I came out here to have a good time, and honestly, I'm feeling really attacked right now. <laughs> that is this whole scene. Uh, and then Alana says, "You people have no idea what I've been going through." And she, 
Isabel says, letting us take care of your kid while you eat craft services. And I like how Isabel is just having the fight that Marco would have had if he wasn't so nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's but, doing it in the most Isabel way possible. Like, this is just, yeah. like, pure is, homegrown sass. She is so fucking cheeky here. And, yeah. uh, and so Alana says something that I definitely want to come back to, and she's pointing out that... Uh, it's not just about the circuit. She used to be a soldier. And do you know what kind of nightmares I still have every single night? <laughs> and we have an amazing... Best fucking line. <laughs> so ama- good. And a perfect, perfect expression in body uh, acting to, to accompany this. But uh, Isabel, with just all the sass in the world, says, Are you seriously trying to educate me about the costs of war? You realize I'm fucking dead, correct? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and a lot of just realizes how sort of bullshit her her superiority complex here is. Uh, and uh, Isabel says, you know what I dream about every night? My ex-girlfriend. She talks about Hashtag how... queer representation. Hell yeah. And uh, she talks about how uh, they broke up uh, because her ex was into the planet's most judgy religion. Uh, but then... Two days later, she stepped on a mine and died, and the last thing she was thinking about was that she'll never feel her ex-girlfriend's breath on her neck again. Uh, And this is all to say that life is complicated, but it's also very fucking short. If you find someone who can forgive all your bullshit, the least you can do is try to forgive them. Just fantastic. How fucking... Why is she so goddamn wise? It's absurd. Because she's like hundreds of years old. Or ten. Okay, maybe not ten. <laughs> ten. <laughs> Did you have a girlfriend at ten? She might be a like, yeah. she might be a reverse baby Yoda. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> but this is this is uh, this is a moment where I, I love Saga so begrudgingly because we end on Alana oh God, ta- the, holding those drugs in her hand. And the voiceover says, in the open circuit, characters are supposed to have arcs where they grow and evolve over the course of the story. So we think she's about to, you know, assume we're, she's about to stomp on these drugs and give it up forever. But instead, she takes all of them at once. And the voiceover says, but mom always thought that was nonsense. And so this is so fucking true to life where it's like you get scolded for doing an unhealthy thing. So your response is, I'm going to do so much more of that unhealthy thing now. (laughs) I will increase the thing. But yeah, that is the end of our scene. Uh, And yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm a little torn on this one. Uh, I don't want to get how I want to hear how you two think about it because I like Hazel brings up so many valid responses. That's just gonna happen. Pinky uh, brings up so many. (laughs) Ten-year-old Pinky brings up so many valid responses. But the brain says (laughs) (laughs) the brand. No, (laughs) please. (laughs) Uh, But uh, but also, I think she's very she's very uh, dismissive of what alana's going through because i do think it's it is something that i'm annoyed i didn't consider but makes perfect sense and i love it for this character is that uh alana brings up the fact that 
she she went through a war and she's she absolutely is suffering ptsd and like of course this is self-medicating like it, it was never explicitly stated before here and she wasn't having like you know flashbacks where the ceiling fan was a helicopter but like she is she of course she's dealing with that stuff and of course she would be drawn to taking drugs and not like dwelling on any of that uh and so i it does bum me out that like this is very tough love like this is but it, it also seems pretty dismissive of what alana's actually going through thoughts i don't think it's dismissive of what she's going through um i think it's just kind of saying that i think what alana's doing and isabel recognizes this is um that she's kind of like looking for a reason to fight yeah, and she's looking yeah. for a reason to be angry. Yeah. And I think Isabel's kind of trying to talk her down from that. And the also the um, you realize I'm fucking dead is amazing. But it also reminds you that basically everyone in this universe has gone through war. And that doesn't mean that Alana isn't allowed to, like, mm-hmm. struggle with what she's gone through. Um, but but every one of the especially in this household, save for Hazel, every one of these characters has been through some real, real shit, right? But I, yeah, I, I, I think, I think, hmm. oh, Haley. I, I think. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> I, finish your thought, Noah. I just, I just think that, um, I think what's happening is that I, I'm, I'm very much Team Isabel here. Because A, Isabel is probably my favorite character. B, this is probably my favorite Isabel scene. Um, but but I think the points that she the point that she's making, um, where I think that I think Alana is intentionally trying to do some of this kind of false equivalency stuff. Like Marco throwing the bag of groceries is not the same as her father beating her mother. Yeah. And I think Alana knows that and Isabel knows that, but she's just kind of trying to be angry which i feel like we've all been in fights before where you just try to be angry right yeah yeah i think um i mean alana is at her most annoying here (laughs) her most insufferable (laughs) that we've seen pretty much um but i do like that um when isabel kind of calls her out and is like you know you realize i'm dead right um she that alana immediately says sorry you know or sorry. Yeah. Nope. Either one. Sorry. Sorry. Um, sorry. And, <laughs> you know, so there's still, she's still Alana. She's still, you know, a reasonable good person. Um, and just that kind of little glimmer kind of gives you some some hope. Yeah. I, I, I think my where I come down on this is that Isabel is absolutely right about everything she says. But also, I think it was the wrong approach. I mean, obviously, because she just takes a bunch of drugs. I think that, like, you can, you can. But is there an approach where she's not gonna take a bunch of drugs? Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, not well, really. I, I think she needs to call her out on her bullshit, and then, and then, not necessarily be a scolding about it. Like, I, I think that. Uh, I mean, because but it's. Just I don't. A, it's I don't a think of... she's scolding. She says, she just says, if you find someone who can forgive your bullshit, the least you can do is try to forgive them. She's trying to, like, she's yeah. just, I, I don't think she's well, trying to, like, scold or punish. I, I, well, there's, I think there's no, there's no attempt to, to, uh, 
empathize with where because there's that whole my least favorite argument in the world is uh there's there's starving kids in africa so don't don't whine about anything like yeah like the, the what alana's going through is still valid and still fucked up and still hard and isabel has presented her with no coping solutions beyond go get over it (laughs) because life is short (laughs) and and i think that yeah i i just i think it is all about i think it's all about the approach and the assertiveness and it's not it might be it's it's a weird it's a person-to-person thing where it's like some people just need that straight up tough love like here's the situation stop being such a dick and then some people like uh, are you know just don't especially aren't in the mood to listen to reason at that point and yeah need some some uh some uh convincing or some some persuasion actually yeah going back and, and reading um isabel's lines here i think i do like if it were me i'd be like you know yeah that was that was sh- shitty of marco to to you know throw things at you but this but you know isabel kind of doesn't because it doesn't give that like oh i see where you're coming from but Mm -hmm. this is where i'm coming from i think that's what happens when you're a 200 year old teenager (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, that checks out yeah but yeah the whole thing is just there are those people that like there are people when you argue with them they just focus on getting defensive and not about whether or not they're right or wrong and if anyone is going to be immediately defensive it's alana if we know yeah. anything about her uh but yeah i think that's an interesting conversation and i think uh that it's it's we we were smart and and insightful um <laughs> i also i also think i, I really want to also just mention i think this is an incredible display of how well fiona staples uses her character models because you can look at mm-hmm. like like Isabel's floating torso is used to kind of convey so much body language. Like when Mm -hmm. she comes out, the torso's kind of behind and she's kind of hesitant. And then uh, she's kind of like jesting and then she's making a point and she leans in. And when she has her like, you know, I'm dead, her body language is like pure sass. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool to see how Fiona Staples is able to kind of lean into this kind of like, this floating torso and and give it the kind of body language um that 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 really drives the story and drives the character yeah it's not it's it's yeah i've never noticed that it's not like she's just erasing the legs off of someone like yeah it is it is it's almost genie from aladdin-esque where, where yeah very mm-hmm. much so yeah. very much so and you can even see when she's kind of when she's walking inside she kind of leads with her chest and the the mm-hmm. rest of the torso kind of floats behind her right yeah yeah and it also like i like how her going back inside gives it sort of a stomping off yeah like, exactly feeling, except she has no legs yeah <laughs> i i think yeah I, I will always be so impressed by sort of the illusion of of uh emotion or expression where there is none with prince robot with isabel and so many characters in this uh yeah fiona staples pretty good i also just love love that alana thinks character arcs are nonsense as she's in the middle of a very dramatic character (laughs) arc wonderful (laughs) it's great uh oh so this is what i was talking about earlier when i said that uh this is where where I fucked up with a comic, uh, and 
and it's something that this comic is always conscious of, uh, which it helps that Fiona Staples is the one who handwrites the voiceover with this, so she can plot it out a bit more. But uh, for the second comic I ever did, I pretty much just was like, hey, I want to I wanna rip off this thing that Saga does where we have handwritten balloon-less or caption box-less uh, voiceover. Uh, and, and so pretty much my instruction to the writer who couldn't, who wasn't going to letter it was, hey, leave some space for the voiceover here. And then I realized that if you have, it has to be, for it to work, for you to be able to do that, there has to be a consistent color tone in where that is. Mm. In the, so, uh, when it came time to letter the the comic, it was all like he there were black outlines of like different things in the background and it was like white wall and then dark posters on top of it. And it's like you cannot use just a white font or a black font or anything to just write over that. Your brain does not want to read it. Uh, and so it, it's actually an incredibly hard thing to do. And you have to be very conscious of because you need just like near solid colors if you look at where the uh voiceover goes it is all either a very dark tone or a very light tone uh and yeah it's 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 hard to to think ahead on that and i didn't (laughs) and so we ended up having to do sort of like a sort of hazy smoky background to the the handwritten voiceover uh because i think it works but yeah. With Superhuman? Yeah. I, oh, I, yeah. I, no, it, we made it work. We made it work, yeah. But it was not... I just wanted to write it on the thing, and then... You you it, just wanted to do Saga. I just wanted to do Saga, and that was the singular <laughs> source. I sent the letterer and the artist. I was like, let's do the Saga thing, and it's the most blatantly I've ripped off anything in my life, but it's just so good. It's one of those things that, like, feels so obvious that, like, it's... It, it feels less like a ripoff, but just like, oh, we've made this this new standard thing that everyone should yeah. be doing. It's like it's like you know someone wanting to make a platformer after Mario comes out or something. Like it's it's just it feels like such a no brainer, and it adds so much personality and like a literal uh, hand drawn feeling to it, and makes yeah. things more vulnerable and more relatable. Like you're reading a diary, and so. Yeah, I appreciate that about this, but again, shout out to Fiona for having the foresight. Most I'm sure she figured it out really quick. Of anyone yeah. ever. Yeah, but I'm sure she figured out really quick what I failed to figure out until the comic was needing to be lettered. Uh, but yeah, heads up, comic makers out there. Oh, anything else? I think also the, this setting is just fucking beautiful but at this point that just goes without saying oh yeah i love the the backlighting from the entrance of the tree it's really cool and like the fairy lights in the background oh i'm such a sucker for fairy lights yeah we didn't yeah, mention that uh is. that where they've where they've landed the ship the sort of the yard and the surrounding woods they've hung up a bunch of fairy lights and it's very uh it's very comfy Cute. it's very cozy i like it yeah all right should we should we get on to the next scene Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Is it is it my turn or Haley's? I think it's yours, yeah. All right. All right. We get every one of my scenes begins with THN. Um, I'm sorry. It's n- HTN, Noah. Don't, HTN. I, don't make me have to put in another patent. 
don't know why I um, patented it. For but... something you didn't invent, something yeah. a phenomenal well, I that did you it for just superhuman. observed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, so characters are supposed to have arcs, but mom always thought that was nonsense. In the real world, people never change all that much. The real worlds. Oh, oh in, yeah. In the catch. real worlds, yeah. I didn't notice that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's really good. That's a really fun little catch. And so we have this silent page, which is just, by the way, fucking gorgeous composition. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got uh, Marco and Ginny just, like, sitting silently, sharing a cup of tea, Mm-hmm. Making eye contact, mm-hmm. leaning in. Oh no! And then you turn the page, and we get a close up on Marco's face as as they're just about to start macking, and he says "punk conk," and he realizes that he sees Hazel's doll "punk conk" sitting there. Ginny says, "Oh yeah, I set it aside. She left it here after class yesterday," and Marco says that she can't sleep without "punk conk," so she has to get home. And then Ginny says, that's probably not the best idea, Bar. Why don't you sit down? And Marco interrupts saying, my name isn't Bar. Uh, That was my dad's name. I have no right to sully it. Hmm. Uh, Ginny is clearly taken taken aback and confused and says, don't talk like that. You're an amazing father and an even better. And Marco looks her dead in the eye and says, stop it. I apologize for bringing my problems into into your life. You've been a very good friend to me. Thank you for teaching my girl to dance. And he walks out of the house. I love this scene so much. Oh, and and we we actually at the end of the scene we get a we get to see the back of the t-shirt. Yeah, it I was is trying a to make these out. Galactic prison tour for the um, mistook, which is dope. The uh, third cleave. one down looks sort of fulsony. The second the second one's definitely definitely cleave, which or we've Cleveland, been to. one of those two. <laughs> Uh, famous Smith? prison planet, Cleveland. Hades. <laughs> I want to go to Hades. And then Capital City. The, yeah, yeah. The, okay, this is really compelling radio. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like this scene a lot. I like how we've gotten to about as bad as it can get for these two characters, conceivably, in terms yeah. of like betrayal to both each other and themselves. Uh. And I think this brings up a really interesting thing that the reader has to deal with, uh, and that is this idea of, I guess, this is kind of an argument against uh, objective morality, because it's like, Marco is so much more, like, adamantly moral of the two characters, and he doesn't actually do anything like he never takes it to the unacceptable step uh but the fact that he gets that close to it feels so much more immoral and so much more of a betrayal than Alana you know when she just straight up took drugs and stuff like like yeah like does it do it, it doesn't feel that different than if they actually had kissed for a second yeah, right yeah yeah like i i'm already disappointed that they got that close and i already am hurt by that yeah i, I want to talk about this first page this first page mm-hmm. is just incredible it 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 kind of shows how the combinations of like wide shot medium shot close up which is just kind of like like the very basics of filmmaking 
um, just works so well sim- cinematically where you mm-hmm. open on the close shot of this cute little turtle dragon teapot, which mm-hmm. I want. Um, <laughs> and then you have this, you pull out and there's this like beautiful. Oh, they didn't symmetric. get that far, Noah. They didn't get to the pull out. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Just this beautifully symmetric shot with them sitting on the couch, this awesome shield with a bat face and swords crossed behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just like this page is almost entirely symmetrical and it just works so well for this moment. And 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 I think it it's also kind of in our talks about lettering it shows the power that a silent scene can have too. Because mm-hmm. you can just feel the fucking crickets when you read this scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm going to have to disagree uh, majorly with one comment you made of it being symmetrical. Let's look at this couch really quick and look at the arms <laughs> of this couch. Let's figure out what the fuck is going on with the architecture of this couch. Oh, dear. Because it is infuriating to me. (laughs) This is, I would say, the first flaw in Saga. Because one arm is is about six inches higher than the other one and has the pillow going, like, sort of of symmetrically with the top of it. And the other one is just really low and has a pillow sticking out. And it's just like, what if I try to put my arm on that pillow? The pillow's just going to flip over and it's probably going to (laughs) smack my tea out of my hand. And how are you gonna? That's that's awful. That's ruining the mood with Ginny. This is this is definitely the conversation to be having as we're approaching the hour mark of the podcast. Yeah. John is is very passionate about couches. <laughs> Called the shot symmetrical. What in any other shot, any other angle, it looks it, the the arms are are symmetrical again, but it's just this one. It's just the, what's the fuck is going on with the ca- Fiona? Fiona, I know you're listening. <laughs> I think you're great. Please don't burn any bridges here. <laughs> I think you're great. But what the fuck is your glitch, Fiona? What did you, what, who, how did I hurt you? This makes this issue objectively bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So stupid. I would like to own that couch, though. It seems pretty comfy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's that was my contribution to this scene. And also the shield and swords are really cool. There's kind of this flash of scary Marco there. And I think that that's really, really intense because we've seen scary Marco. Oh, when he says, my name isn't Barr? Yeah, and it seems like he, like, snaps his finger or something like that. Well, she starts to touch him in the previous panel, so it seems like he's sort of knocking her hand off of his arm. Yeah. And when he says, stop it, too, like, Mm -hmm. the look in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting to see sort of how he mentally breaks down a bit like this and with throwing the uh the vegetables because he is disappointed in himself like that is such a i like that his his attitude and how he treats people uh actively changes the more disappointed in himself that he becomes i think that is such a true to life thing and i good writing i also i also feel like they've just they've established that like marco isn't actually like inherently this natural calm sweet pacifist like that Mm. there's something else within him and even the way he says stop it and then kind of calms down and his body language calms and he kind of sulks out 
you 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 really get the sense that he's kind of put on this calm surface over top that is restraining all of the kind of like angst of that that happens when you're raised to kill right yeah actually yeah and that's something that we can really get into at some point but it, it is worth keeping in mind that this is a guy who has murdered dozens at least and like and also a guy who sort of abandoned his original fiance so he has that part of yeah. him in him uh and and is just like he is not someone who is just born virtuous but someone who's adopted it and and is really just has gone cold turkey with it <laughs> and uh and is just so committed to to the whole thing and so yeah it is it's something that like when you see that happen when you see that side of him come out you kind of have to remind yourself oh yeah this is actually a a major improvement for him and that's that's kind of his default setting is is terrifying Haley, thoughts yes um all i have to say is that i really really want this teapot right yeah i want this teapot and this t-shirt yes (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and I this mean, TNA, baby. Okay. Cut that one out, Haley. Uh, yeah, the the page that you, <laughs> that, you know, with the, the the first page here with the with the teapot and the, mm-hmm. the crazy composition, um, I could just look at it for a long, long time, this page. <laughs> it's just very visually pleasing to me. Um, mm-hmm. And sh- she just looks so pretty. And oh, I, I see. just love it. Okay. She she has she almost has like like anime eyes. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're sparkling. <laughs> yeah. You two are gross. She's a bat lady. Come on. I really like how likable they make Ginny. Yeah. Yeah. I I will challenge you on, you know, how it, it, there is a, a you know, a different element of of when, you know, uh, when Marco almost kisses her as to um you know, as opposed to what Alana does with the drugs, um, because the root of it is, you know, Alana is, uh, there's something missing, you know, uh, in her, her life at the moment. Um, and you know, he's also missing something. Mm -hmm. Um, and these are, you know, both things that uh, the other feels inadequate about. And I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's hard to, to compare. But I, I do think you know, I, I'd feel a little, a little more betrayed if you, if you kissed another woman. Uh, but he didn't. <laughs> though. That's the thing. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is that like, I, that's what I think is so interesting and such a challenge to the reader is that, is that this does feel like more of a betrayal. I think, uh, but he, without him actually doing anything, just getting very close to it, then Alana diving headfirst into it because we know, like, if Marco, like, I feel like, if 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 it started out with Marco just and and I don't I, I feel like always this this just sounds like I'm anti drugs, but it's it's largely the thing that Marco brought up last uh, issue where she was doing hard drugs and not telling her significantly other about it significant other about it and then taking like taking care of their baby while yeah. high and stuff but it's like but because she is such a more uh morally lax person than he is we ju- we judge him at a harsher standard and which i think makes perfect sense but is also 
weirdly hypocritical and just depends on how you see morality. I, that's that's the challenge. I'm not saying I know the definitive answer. I don't think there is one, but I think that is what's uh, philosophically interesting about this whole situation is that we have him almost doing a thing and her full-blown diving into a thing, and yet they are so equally compelling and upsetting. Well, and, and I think it also, like, really depends on what like like i think and, and i think this is intentionally left ambiguous but like mm. what is fade away in the universe because it's like mm-hmm. it's clearly like i mean it, it it seems to be like some kind of like psychedelic or something like that and i feel like if you found out your partner was taking a lot of acid the reaction to that would be less severe than if you found out that they were taking a bunch of meth Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But I think I think, and that's why I said this. the The thing that really registers with me is the, uh, in it really was just brought up with one line. Uh, but I think it's the most resonant is the whole her raising, taking care of yeah. Hazel like that, and like you know, w- like what if she gets hurt as a result of that or whatever? Like what if she's just too high? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, whole... I I I also think that the other the other side of the other thing from marco's side of the argument is i think part of it is also about the deception right yeah, yeah, like l- sure. like i think there's i think it's yeah, one thing to take them, drugs yeah. but it's another thing to take drugs and pretend that you're not taking drugs because yep. that's kind of that's that's a pattern of lying to your partner right yeah 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 that's that's withholding to say evidence but that's just <laughs> that's that's uh you're on her <laughs> uh so yeah legally uh we gotta put her in jail now that's the only way i look at real marital problems is from a legal standpoint mm-hmm. uh hey all right is there anything else those were those were the two big philosophical problems that i had with this issue or questions the couch the couch, and... <laughs> <laughs> the couch, and the uh, teapot. That was it. So we covered him. He's gonna be talking about that couch for years. Well, you know, what? <laughs> if you fucking bring it up, because I don't know, <laughs> dude. We live in we live in such dark time. This is this is the. <laughs> nope. Never mind. Go ahead. Are you gonna... No, say it. Say it. You can cut it. You can cut it in the editing. This is the trope of couches. Is what I'm saying. Oh my god. <laughs> goodbye another part of our audience let's go to the next part i legitimately hope that we don't have any of that contingent in our audience yeah i'm not making fucking money off of this i i don't need as long as there's as long as there's five of them left i'm happy i think if we had that contingent they would have left a long time ago we've thrown some shit their way all right all right should we this I guess I guess there's technically two scenes left, but this is the big one. Yes. Is it back to It's Haley's turn. Oh, we gave her the big ones. Oh uh, wow. Just this take is your time a... with it. Take okay. your time. Just right. <laughs> slow and steady. <clears throat> just mosey slow, on through. Slow and steady. Okay. Punk. 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 Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> you should um... you should like read sleep tapes. <laughs> <laughs> this is our new ASMR episode of Yeah. Sorry. Nope, I'm cutting that out. Don't even do it. I'm cutting out any lip smacking. <laughs> but that's what they want. That's what the people want. I'm cutting all of this out. I literally, I refuse to put lip smacking I... in this podcast. <sighs> okay. <laughs> 
Hazel. No, I'm always cutting it out for you. <laughs> this is nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Hazel is inconsolable. Mm-hmm. Clara is is trying to figure out what the heck Hazel is talking about when she's screaming punk conk. Alana comes in. Um, she says, sorry, I was trying to salvage the get up your son ruined. This is probably coming out of my salary now. Hazel is just punk conk, punk conk, punk conk. She really wants that doll. And Alana says, baby girl, I'm so sorry. I don't know what that means. And Isabel says, I think it's something she plays with her dad. Mm. And Alana looks down at her outfit very, very sadly. Buries her face in it. I'm going to uh, go on really quick. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say we don't need a panel by panel with how long this, this okay. scene is. Just how dare you. Rough and tumble. <laughs> I kept, this is, we're at an hour 13. I don't okay, need this okay. other thing. Go ahead. Um, and uh, Alana is, is finally breaking down and, you know, figuring out that she doesn't care about any of this stuff anymore. She just wants to be with her family. Yeah. And now we have blinking fungus. It looks like there's an intruder. Uh-oh. My doctor diagnosed me with blinking fungus. <laughs> I was going to say, they make a cream for that. <laughs> All right, Hazel says hi, and we have a page turn, and look who's here. Dango, with his gun, not pointed at Hazel, but to the ground. And he's looking down at her with a little, little like, like cute bear on his face. <laughs> and everybody else is freaking out. Isabel jumps to action. She becomes a giant... Beast. What is like a mole rat? <laughs> yeah. Beast is a beast is a good. I was I was curious to see how you went, and beast is a good description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I got. Four eyes, eight teeth. What did you just call me? <laughs> I'm the one with glasses. Yeah, what are you talking true. about? Go ahead. Um, get away from her. Uh, but Dango is not is not phased. Um, he knows what uh, what she's doing there, and how of a threat she is not. He grabs Hazel. Um, everyone's, you know, saying, hey, give her back or else you don't know what is going to happen to you. Um, but uh, Dango doesn't seem to want to harm her. And Dango introduces himself um, and he asks where the father is. Um, Clara lies and says Marco is no longer in the picture. And uh, Dango starts to, you know, explain calmly uh, what he's all about. But Alana comes in and says, blast off. And here, we're going to blast off. Okay. <laughs> and take your fade away right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. The ship blasts off, and everybody is thrown. Uh, Alana flies up and grabs Hazel. Uh, Dango is uh, thrown against the wall and stunned. Well, that was a very silly thing, too. Clara comes in with her cane, smashed right in the face. Um, Lana is trying to get Hazel away out of here. And Clara, very badassly, bites off Dango's finger. Ooh. With Ooh. That, that dark blue, delicious blood. Gross. It tastes like like uh, blue slushy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thinking battery acid. I think we just found a question of the week. <laughs> All right. Um, Clara is unfortunately pistol whipped by Dingo. 
Um, and he has her in a uh, in a chokehold. Dango has the gun to Clara's head. He wants uh, them to steer the the uh, spaceship to the coordinates that he's going to give them. Um, Clara doesn't want Alana to listen to him, and uh, Alana doesn't really know what to do. Um, she's holding Hazel. Hazel says, "Bonk conk," and the voiceover is, "This was the story of how my parents split up." Oh man! Ooh, what a scene! Oh, so Haley, what are your your initial thoughts? Oh man. Scene? Um. Well, I mean. The reveal of Hazel saying "Hi" very cutely, <laughs> and the next page is is the the despicable Dango, um, is just wonderful, and I I just I love that reveal. I audibly gasped hmm. when reading yeah. it, and there's just this this struggle is so real and so kind of uh, chaotic, um, and very effective. Yeah, can I point out that Clara doesn't bite his finger off. He she rips his finger off. Like it's not at where her teeth are. It's at like the first knuckle. Oh, that, you're right. That it's getting like she just rips it off. It is it is rough. She's a warrior. Ooh. Uh we get more of I will here's a spoiler for the end of the podcast. Uh but it should have been 18 minutes ago, so it gives a fuck. But my favorite moment of this uh, issue is all of the, the women jumping into action here. Yeah. Hell yeah. Every one of them, just uh, like like Isabel, even though Isabel established that her, when they were up against Prince Robot before, that her powers don't don't work uh, against the, uh, the robots, which is kind of weird, I guess. Like... Well, you know uh, what? No, that I, I buy it. I yeah, buy it. Yeah, because there's the whole thing with it's, like the horror. Seems like mental thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that, and also like yeah, if you're up against whatever is the most terrifying thing to you, like I buy that affecting you, unless you have some kind of biometric scanner or whatever it is that that robots have. Um, but yeah, I love that. Yeah, Isabel just jumps into this. It's a very cool downward motion of her slamming onto the ground and becoming a, a, a beast as we've established. It, yeah. Except everyone... her like her like mid transition, her like yeah. her like anamorphs midway anamorphs cover midway. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah. creepy. Exactly. Yep. And then uh, we've established before same thing that saved them when they ran into the will uh, and the the will launched a, a rocket at them or Gwendolyn did uh, with. Uh, Alana just jumping into like soldier mode, badass soldier mode, telling the ship to blast off. Like she's very good under stress in these situations, and yeah, um, she she like she always has that very non-scared, like very determined, very confident face. The most confident we see her is when she's like handling a, a terrifying situation, and then yeah, yeah, Clara she just seems she ass. seems most comfortable in battle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, except the only the only woman that didn't jump into action was a uh, friendo here. Uh, which you know I'm gonna go ahead and start. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and start a new uh, theory here. Uh, that friendo oh, friendo was the original radical pacifist. Uh, okay. and taught heist. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so we figured that out. 
it's it's really it's really cool what happens to the back to the backdrop as like things get more intense the background kind of becomes abstract yeah it's like all smeared and i guess like and it's one of those things where because we've talked about this before how it makes sense like she does abstract things that also make sense in the environment like it becomes more abstract but also they're leaving the stratosphere too yeah that could be you know the the window and the flames and stuff and like all the weird like the i like how the blue sort of fades away gradually from the the fungi and it sets up so well for kind of the like the anime shot of the biting the finger off just on the like red and orange backdrop yeah 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 and then also i love that the uh whatever is going on beyond behind uh dango when he hits clara back and says enough and yeah it's like the it, it seems like the light of i don't even know what is is showing that that striking motion uh it's very cool yeah that i think that might just straight up be abstract there i also think this is and and it's interesting to have Haley on here for this mm-hmm. because i think this is some of the like most dramatic diverse lettering in one scene that we've got in the entire issue b- oh, yeah. between the like room of the rocket taking off and yeah. like clara's raw and the the crying baby and all of the oofs and ahs and oofs mm-hmm. keep going <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Le oof. <laughs> Which yeah, I like how I like how much that un adds to the impact of the ship taking off. Because yeah. otherwise, like, yeah, without that, that could just be like you might think it's zero gravity or something. But the uh the the like I like Dango's scream, you you his his shouting, you kind of see you see the robotic font on display a bit more. Yeah, especially compared compared to Clara's raw. Yeah. Any thoughts on the lettering here other than it's it's cool, Haley? Do you have any insights or just it works? Yeah, I mean, I I was trying to study, you know, cuz there 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 are parts in here where um, you know, people are shouting and they're connected to uh like an actual balloon with a tail to mm-hmm. the person yeah. and then there's um other kind of more SFX uh style. Um, but I I I think maybe it's just kind of they were going back and forth on it. Um, at least the the um, of of uh, of uh-huh. Dango is you know in a bubble in a bubble because you know there's more people in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I mean it all just dig it a dang works. Yeah, I, I yeah <laughs> it all, it's also cool that they have the uh, the sound effects for the the ship taking off. Uh, is the only one without sort of that white stroke around it, mm-hmm. implying yeah. that that is not coming from a mouth. The uh, I I love the raw. I love Clara's raw. Like it's kind of it's kind of like scribbly a little bit, and it gives mm-hmm. this like intense kind of primal feeling to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, yeah, and also like the the room of the uh, mm-hmm. of the ship powering up. Um, that's another. Uh, I like the the kind of uh, pale blue um, that the, the deci- decision made to make that kind of the pale blue um, mm-hmm. because you know thinking about color like if that was if that was like a red then it would it would seem more like urgent you know kind of oh, yeah. but but it's it's more of like a low kind of um, background humming 
Yeah, hmm. that's that's a really like that's really cool. That's something that would work really well on on film, where it would just be like this, where like Alana says blast off, and we're trying like both the audience and Dango are trying to understand what's about to happen with the slow room, and then it just blasting off. Yeah, after that would be a very cool sequence to see play out. Oh yeah, I think another really interesting thing here too is in the middle of the fight. Like, Dango is still talking to the baby, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, the baby cries, and Dango says, yes, that was a very silly thing to... <laughs> yeah, like he's, like, <laughs> agreeing with the baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and the baby, he's trying to, he's trying to, like, calm the baby. Like, I think in the first scene, too, it's a baby's cry that inspires him to... Like, the baby cries, and he sa- he looks at the baby and says, I suppose you're right, no harm having a look. So I yeah, think it. Yeah. I think what, Dango is just completely fucking unhinged. Oh yeah, <laughs> good word for it. No. <laughs> um, uh, and then also, yeah, the biggest, the I think the biggest reveal of this is uh, this was the story of how my parents split up, which turns out it wasn't how we th- what we thought. I like how it, it really seemed like they were just playing, putting all their cards on the table with that reveal in the first issue of this arc. Of this is how this is the story of how my parents split up, and then it's them physically splitting up without going the full like divorce or something. I, I think it's interesting too because I think we're starting to like like this kind of follows a similar pattern to the arc at the lighthouse where Mm -hmm. the first half of the arc is kind of a lot of character growth, a lot of people talking and then a bunch of the main forces come together in the end for a climactic showdown that happens in the second last issue of the arc. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think that we had a little more like at least a little more eye candy with this one because we have, uh, we have the, open circuit stuff going on in these issues yeah. uh and we also have uh the dango stuff happening which i think is yeah. a lot more a lot more action-packed and a lot more in, uh uh at least visually engaging than the uh what it was uh was it upturned off that we got last arc that yeah that yeah. was last arc yeah uh which was yeah which was more just sort of fun journalistic thing uh, and world building yeah yeah and so yeah i think this one i think this one is um a little more evenly paced than the last yeah. one and i don't say that as it's a bad as if it's a bad thing because i think the pacing is fantastic and intentional in the last uh in the last arc but i do think that arc is a bit of a black sheep in terms of the general pacing for saga i think that yeah it is usually uh pretty like something extremely bonkers happens every issue and they've pulled that off with this this one all right should you you want to you want to bring us home john let's bring us home Noah. Haley, are you ready for me to to bring us home i am i'm going home guys okay um, daughtry <laughs> anyone uh, no htn <laughs> i refuse to acknowledge htn <laughs> this is the story of how my parents split up but it's not the end of our story is how it continues. And we see the uh, rocket ship tree taking off into space, the the green glow of its green flames. Uh, and then we see back on the ground with the little green cinders in the air, uh, 
Marco says no, and he's holding Ponk Conk. And then who comes up behind Marco? It's 310 to Yuma herself, who he's he's surprised to see. He says, you're bleeding. She says, I'll live, unfortunately. Never knew what a coward I really was. So again, just being a very sympathetic, even although disappointing character uh, in her, her realism. Marco says, what happened? Where did my family go? And then we get off panel, uh, fucking of course, and we get the the page turn to oh, it's so final good. splash. So so good. It is Prince Robot in all black, saying, "I should have known you were behind this." And on his screen is the the mugshot of Marco that he used in the interrogation. Uh, oh my god! I noticed something that I am ecstatic about with this. Uh, do you do either of you see anything worth noting about this last splash? That the portal growing inside of his gun is the same portal we've seen on his television before. Yep. So with his so that that weird abstract cyclone blue image that shows up whenever he's interrogating someone t- is the his gun powering up uh, that blue glow. So literally his screen is his like gun building up. <laughs> Uh, which is which adds a whole new dimension of, of threateningness, which is especially so if you're seeing both of them. Like if you're yeah. seeing the gun go- going and you see his face, <laughs> or especially if you're seeing the gun building up and you're seeing your own face on his screen. <laughs> yeah, that is terrifying. But now we finally. This is the first. This is the first time they have crossed paths, right? Or this is the first time that either of the two uh yeah people yeah this is the first time to face cross paths prince robot has actually interacted with with the family yes and of course it's when it's not even them who he's technically after at this point but i get the feeling he'll take advantage of this regardless it's it's such a stunning visual seeing marco's face on prince robot's body like yeah yeah it fits perfectly with his shoulders and everything Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is this is this is quite a development and I love the I love the uh sort of where the puzzle pieces are landing for this arc and how the how the uh the board is being set up for these different conflicts because now yeah, now we have they are they are split up officially. Yep. And and we have two terrifying characters with our protagonists. And it's not a good situation, regardless. And I want to read the next one. Let's just do the next one really quick, guys. Really, really quick. Really quick. Here we go. Re- okay. Really quick. Okay. 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 The brand is on the front. Okay. <laughs> what do you, Haley? What do you think about this cover? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, no, this is this is fantastic. Actually, that's a really cool cover. Yeah. Also, I just the other the other thing I want to point out about this scene is that it's a very the good. Couch uh, the couch is wrong. The couch is wrong. Is that. Uh, the that's such a good uh way to match these shots of uh marco's pov looking into space and then the sort of uh downward angle on him looking up and the consistent thing we have across those two is the uh the sort of green uh cinders i guess particles of the ship taking off so that you know exactly where he is uh, and and also that's telling you because you wouldn't necessarily know otherwise. That's telling you that he was right outside 
when that like he was yeah. almost there when that happened he wasn't like outside of Ginny's house or anything like he was there yeah like well he he watches it take off right yeah yeah which is heartbreaking especially with man what a saga thing to do where it's like oh both of them independently realize that they're fucking up and that they love each other and that they want to be together and make this work and let's split them up and not even show like they don't even know that the other one had that same revelation it's just yeah it's 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 a big old it's fuck you fucking yeah. the best way it's a kick in the nuts Haley, don't you agree this is a kick in the nuts yeah it's a big kick in the nuts and i know exactly yeah, what that feels don't like your nuts feel kicked <laughs> very very kicked and now it's, that we've... it feels bad <laughs> no no not quite really bad depends no. depends contextually <laughs> <laughs> Depends on uh, which building you're at in Sextillion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, uh, this, so this is, is sorry. Go ahead. This is one of my my favorite, um, just very simple uh, techniques here, where, where Marco says no, and it's um, it's in a smaller font, and there's more uh, negative space in the, the white space in the balloon, where he's just he's like whispering in this this devastated kind of tone yeah yeah it it really conveys the kind of like like him saying it to himself yeah with like just pure desperation right and it's also what the readers are saying at that exact moment too yeah and also i like the whole the uh like how his bandages are around his neck making a cool little anime scarf for him there Uh, yeah yeah. uh uh, eraser head it looks like an ascot (laughs) yeah it actually it it actually kind of if if you ignore his jacket it kind of looks like he's trying to do like a Fred from Scooby Doo cosplay with the ascot and the blonde hair. Oh, that brings me that brings me to my new theory, Noah. And, and <laughs> so there is a there is an analog for every Scooby Doo character. Oh. <laughs> I'll flesh this obviously, out in future issues. Obviously, Fard is Shaggy. <laughs> Fard is pure Shaggy. I'd say he's more of a Scrappy Doo. <laughs> how dare you <laughs> how dare oh, you disgrace the good name of fard like that uh i love it all right uh do we have any other thoughts on this last this last scene i have one i feel like i say this every time but great issue mm. <laughs> good issue um i love that uh Right before our our page turned to splash, um, the fucking of course um, is in uh-huh. robot font, and yeah. oh, that uh, that kind of um, severe ninety degree you know uh, angle on that tail is very like telling as to um, first of all who it is. It's like in a in you know in TV or movie like if there's a reveal of someone who says something before it cuts mm-hmm. to them you know who it is because you recognize the voice yeah and so it has that kind of effect if you're um, paying close enough attention then yeah you know exactly what's about to happen and then that severe tail turn that that tail uh makes it you know very clear what kind of state he's in emotionally yeah yeah i like that if you do notice that that is the the robot font then there's even more anxiety going into this page yeah. turn. yeah exactly cool shit I like it, but yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still pumped about that whole his his blaster charging up is the is the thing that's been showing up on his screen that seemed so abstract and so cool. It's so yeah. cool. I love it. Great issue. Great issue. 
Uh, favorite moment? I already said mine. The the girls jumping into action. What about y'all? A hundred percent. Are you seriously trying to educate me about the costs of war? <laughs> you realize I'm fucking dead, correct? <laughs> Wonderful. Um, mine is the uh the hi, and then Dango looking <laughs> yeah. down at Hazel. Yeah, that's such a that's such a again. They've they've established Hazel so well in this arc, and I'm I'm just crazy about her. Yeah, that's also also all of that like that little like two panel thing is Fiona Staples horror work, right? Like like yeah. it, it's so fucking creepy with the hello there and the happy little <laughs> bear cat thing and the low angle. Like it's all it, it's very much using the visual vocabulary of horror. Yeah, yeah, and I all- love it. I, I just to talk about yours quickly now with the the yep uh, Isabel uh, I I do think that something that keeps this this series so fresh is the uh, is the fact that like there are so many good characters and so many things to love about this comic that every time one of them comes back uh, it is just like it is so refreshing and such a joy like it's it just feels so good to get a great we haven't gotten a great Isabel back and forth since she talked to Clara it, this like five issues ago. Uh, and it's just like, it, it, it's so refreshing to, to sort of uh, spread these out over the series that nothing feels overdone or nothing feels too slow. Uh, it's just, we, we get the, we get a little bit of everything and everything is great and it makes for good pacing. Uh, song. Do we song. have a song? I've got a song. I've got a song. I've got a song. You want to go first, Haley? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sure. I'll go first. My song wait, is... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Really? You're okay? going to go before the song theme music? Oh. Wait, wait. We have a theme wow. We have a song song. Wait, what? That we was a, a song test. song? That was a test and Haley fucking failed. No, we don't have a song I, song. Hey. Oh, you fell for... Oh, you... I've listened to every episode. (laughs) I've never listened to this podcast. You've listened to every. You've listened to the extended editions of every episode, Noah. (laughs) While making them. (laughs) Uh, No, yeah. Haley has has listened to, and it's not even out of obligation. She just likes the show, she tells me. (laughs) She has listened to every episode. Uh, Yeah, no. Go ahead with your song. No song music. Yeah, and you're saying I was dragging things on. All right. (laughs) My song is quickly, 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 quickly. Say No to This from the Hamilton soundtrack. Was yours the oh, same, you mean- John? Haley, what am I showing you right now on my fucking notepad? <laughs> it is Say No to This from Hamilton. Motherfucker. It's okay now because I, I have. Hey, 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 hey. I've got backups. Uh, you can no, have mine. No, it's mine. No, no, no. That's how it works. Is I have to come up with one on the fucking fly because everyone okay. steals mine every goddamn time. I knew it. Say no to this, Hamilton, when he's trying not to cheat on his wife. Spoiler alert. He fucking and cheats on his wife. also, <laughs> hold on. Also, oh no. I mean, no. As in, like, I just realized that say no to this also kind of comes into play with uh, when Alana's looking at the drugs and and oh, there you go. Uh, debating whether to take them. Yeah, a lot of people oh, yeah. not. Quite saying no to this. Yeah. Say Ponk Conk to this is the new version of that song. <laughs> Noah, what do you got? I'm desperately trying to think of, in response to Hamilton, a Hadestown song Fuck that'll off. work. 
<laughs> but I'm I'm gonna go with my original. Um, it's a little on the nose, but mm-hmm. uh, "Lovers in a Dangerous Time" by Bruce Cockburn, I like famously it. covered by the Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, I was gonna say because they are they are lovers and they are in a dangerous time. Okay, I'm going with uh, "Lovers in a Dangerous Time" by the Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> for and you know what? No, I don't want to have that. That would be annoying. So I'm going to go with uh, One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies, <laughs> which is how long they're on this planet. Fun I thought fact. you were going to go with Kiss the Girl by uh, The Little Mermaid. Oh. <laughs> which, it's sad because I love that song, but the more I hear it, it is so, it's just like, f- fucking kiss her. Just kiss her, dude. <laughs> don't You don't need consent. Look at how she's staring at you. Look at all these fish. There's fish here. Kiss her. <laughs> There's my rant about kiss the girl from Lover. John is very good at complaining about the lengths of podcasts, but equally good at extending the I'm lengths. I'm oh, yeah. good at making them fucking worth listening to. I'm, I'm the one that makes them earn their length. Uh, <laughs> okay there, couch man. <laughs> <laughs> Most insight the whole episode. Uh, hey, Really quick, Haley, go ahead and perform that that theme song for us. Wow, I think you missed the, I think you rendition. missed the note there, but but I, that was stunning. that was solid. That was solid. It brought tears to my eyes. B plus. Uh, <laughs> hey, what's our question of the week, Haley? Haley, what question do you have for the week? I Haley? don't have one. I tried so hard. I mean... What what does the robot blood taste like? I, could, oh. I legitimately don't have a question. Uh, Noah, did you have a question? Are we going with what does robot blood taste like? You know what? I'm, you know what? No. No, we're better than this. We're better than this. We could do, um, we could do I'm something. I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to go with a nice, easy question and say, uh-huh. um, is there a moral equivalency between... Like, is it morally equivalent to lean in and try to kiss somebody, (laughs) but not to kiss? Or is it worse to have actually gone along the kiss? Does it matter? Oh, yeah. Does it matter if you actually do the kiss, or is it more about the intention behind it? Yeah, because leaning in is not an impeachable offense. I think we (laughs) go. Oh, boy. Uh, So... Uh, yeah, that's the question of the week. Is it as bad to almost kiss someone as it is to to kiss someone? Also, also, I'd just love to hear people's thoughts on the, like, like taking drugs versus, like, secretly taking drugs versus cheating. Just weigh, on, weigh in on that. You know, Give me yeah, some Yeah, yeah, no, this is, that's gonna be, this, this is gonna be the question is, uh, is, uh, how, What's worse, what almost was... cheating on somebody or taking a bunch of drugs? I'm not gonna. I'm not to gonna make partner. people decide on. I'm not gonna introduce any sort of objective morality to this fucking nonsense. <laughs> but I will say, um, how did they feel to you? Like, how did they compare to you? Did they feel equivalent? Were you more upset by one than the other? Uh, how? What was your? What was your reaction reading this? That is a, a much that more is answerable a good question. question. I like yeah. that. that is that mm-hmm. is a very good question. Uh, and then for Noah's sake, because for some reason Noah wants to know if it's okay to almost kiss someone. So go ahead and answer that one, too. <laughs> uh, so I see how it is. All right. Go ahead and answer qu- Noah's fucked up question. That he's jotting down all the, he's screen capping all the answers to and putting them in a okay. file called <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Arguments Against Emma's Reaction. Just being put on blast here. <laughs> All right, uh, fucking awesome issue. And also, I'm just gonna go ahead and and uh, say that 
the next issue is my favorite of the arc and a, my favorite in a long time. It is fucking good, this next issue. So come back for that one. It is a, it is yeah, a wild ride. You sure won't stick around for this one. <laughs> uh, hey. You should put that disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> hey, Haley, where you can be people like, find hey. you? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not. sorry. Shut up, Noah. <laughs> Haley, where can people find you? Um, I am on Twitter um, at Haley A. Rose. Mm-hmm. H-A-L-E-Y-A-R-O-S-E. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't change it after we got married? No. You didn't start a new Twitter? It would have been tough to change oh, the yeah, handle. it would have been so bad. Okay. Um, so bad. Um, and <laughs> uh, where else? What's th- your website for your work? You have oh. a portfolio site, right? Yes, I do. Um, it is just uh, Haley Rose Lion. See, that's, that one I did. There you go. Haley Rose Lion um, dot site dot com because I don't have a and <laughs> I'm not paying for a website it's, it's right no now. It's no dot com. Uh, Eighteen dollars a month. Um, <laughs> if you want to pay for Wix, you can use the coupon code uh, Horns Wix and Wings. Com slash polyphonic. Oh, can I? Oh, can I? You actually can. I ha- I have used Wix as a sponsor before. Cut this out in the edit. I don't want to seem like a shit. I'm putting this up. I'm putting this up front now. That's how we're opening the podcast. Uh, and Haley, so you're you're available for lettering, for editing. Yes, um, lettering and editing, and I think I bring a unique perspective. Yeah, I agree. You you made my comics good, so thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Noah, where can people find you? Oh, they they know by now. Okay, good. I'm I'm actually I'm gonna give an important shout out though because mm-hmm. it's really relevant to this issue. If mm-hmm. you go to Wash Polyphonic on Twitter, um, <laughs> you will see my beautiful interpretation of of <laughs> this week's cover, um, but with my picture perfect rendition <laughs> of my own face on Yuma's face. So so that's I'm I'm expending all of my plugs here to to go look at that image. We have gotten two perfect meme formats in these last two issues <laughs> of that cover putting someone else's face on that portrait and putting something else on the uh the King Robot screen is yep. is phenomenal. We need to do the King Robot with your face on it. <laughs> and the king robot with the doot doot skeleton god, on it no god no uh <laughs> fucking cursed image uh hey if you want to check me out go to hornsandwings.com because that's my whole life uh no go check out hornsandwings.com it's rad uh and and we put we both put a lot of work into it all three of us put a lot of work into that site and thank you all for your support on this and it wasn't me getting really angry at squarespace for months it wasn't months um but yeah that's the go check out and subscribe to uh wash polyphonic on twitter uh that's wash polyphonic wash polyphonic on Mm -hmm. twitter uh and thank you to fiona staples brian capon phonographics and image comics and of course uh we're gonna do what we always do when Haley is a guest and it's each one of us say one word from am i shitting and i think we all know which word each one gets. So if you want to start that off. All at the same time? Just, no, no, we're going to do it in order. And each person will know which word is theirs to say and in what order. So we're going to start. Am. I. What? Oh, my God. (laughs) Bye.
Yeah, that was amazing. 